Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, helping people, and all the things it takes to help you live a strong, joyous life. My guest today is Elliot Kelly. Elliot is a professional speaker, a coach, and an author. He has four books, and he is going to work with us today to tell us a little bit about his background and how he helps all of us become healthy, wealthy, and wise with learning financial literacy skills and life skills. Hi, Elliot. How are you today? I'm getting better and better. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to come on your show, Joyce. Thank you. And same here. The name of your show is Elliot TV. El, is Elliot Kelly TV? That's correct. Elliot Kelly TV. Yeah, and and of course, this is totally well podcast. <laughs> Thank you. And, and I know you have a lovely audience, so I'm looking forward to sharing um, some good good gems, a bit of gems. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I posted. Uh, uh, you ha- made a graphic for me, and I reposted that. And I promised my viewers that we were going to get some tips on being healthy, wealthy, and wise. All right. That's excellent. That's what I'm about. I'm trying to learn as well so we can learn and share. That's right. That's right. I'm curious. You know, I went through and I I see that you're a speaker and author and um, that you do coaching and you help people like me and others who want to improve in, um, in all the ways that we need to be good business people and having the right life skills. Um, but I always love to hear the backstory. Like, how did you get to this? Something must have made you pivot one way or another. Well, I grew up in the Bahamas. And again, thank you for the opportunity and the question. I grew up in the Bahamas. Um, I was raised by a, in a single parent family. Yeah. My mom was an author. And she worked for the government for about 28 years, Joyce. Um, that Those experiences as, as a government worker really exposed me to work ethic. So that was the first thing I was exposed to, her work ethic. I learned a bit more that she was she was she was very um how should I put it? She was interested in her work, but that kind of was channeled only at that particular work that she was doing. It wasn't diversified, it wasn't um any exploration. Um there was just a real tunnel vision on the government work that she was doing. Um but as far as principles, she raised us up with strong principles and strong values, being mannerly, always showing respect to people, saying, yes, ma'am, thank you, you know. Um, so we got, the, we got the fundamentals, but as far as learning more about income, learning more about our own opportunity to deliver skills to the market, we didn't necessarily get that. I, I, I was... God bless her and God bless some of the other persons in my village. We were raised with a sense of you go to school, mm-hmm. you get a good job. Yeah. And, and we did that. We did that. We did that quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, having after, she, she actually was diagnosed with cancer in 2009. And that kind of changed our relationship. Even though she was working a little bit less, I started to spend more time with kind of channeling my own energy into my work. It was a very depressing time. I was overweight. Things weren't going so well with her. There was a lot of financial burdens with, with her actual courses of medicine. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really needed an outlet, and that outlet became my work. I started off in the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just serve. I would spend a lot of hours there. 
as fate would have it, I, I came across a, a guest, a millionaire guest who was, he opened himself to me and he pulled me on the on, in the corner one time. And when he was visiting, he was like, you know, Elliot, you, you're really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, cause as you get good at something and someone tells you, Joyce, people tell you you're good at, at, at being an interviewer all the time and you just brush it off. You say, yeah, okay, I'm good. He's like, no, no, you really have a talent for speaking. You have a talent for communicating and you know how to deal with people. And, and that's where I bridged the story between what the lessons and the fundamentals that my mom gave me mm-hmm. um, to what this gentleman was saying. And I, I, I kind of sat down and I, I thought about what he was saying. And he said, you have the potential to be one of the, the great ones. You know, you should probably try to develop yourself a bit more. He was, he was really blunt and to the point. And, yeah. and it struck me, you know, because when someone tells you something like that, like, I mean, my mom always used to say that the truth will set you free, but first it's going to sting a bit. <laughs> and that sure did sting, Joyce. That sure yeah. did sting. Yeah. The guy in one breath, um, he's telling me I'm good. And in the other breath, he's telling me like, you could be better. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I humbled myself and I sat in reflection. Like I said, this was a depressing time for me. And I said, what, what, what do I really want to do with my life? I'm overweight. I'm, I'm behind in my bills. My, my, my mom is, is poorly. What am I going to do with my life? And he spent time with me through, um, continuous stays coming back to the resort where I worked in the Bahamas and, and he, he gave me books. He introduced me to books. Now I always read Joyce, but to be honest with you, I was reading rubbish. Yeah. You know, I would I would read tabloids, I would read um, a little article here in a magazine. But he introduced me to a book called The Alchemist, and and that book is written by a gentleman and an author by the name of Paulo Coelho. Yeah. And and it's it's a dynamic story about a a young man who himself was was a bit lost in in a lot of rights, and he was on a journey of his own. And he, he, he followed what he called his personal legend. And, and I discovered that I had a personal legend as well. My mom, um, God bless her, she eventually passed from cancer. And that was, a real, that was a real turning point for me. I was left alone. It was a younger s- sibling, but left alone in the sense that if your mom is all you knew growing up in a single parent home, yeah. then when she passes, you're all alone. And maybe some of your audience can relate to being in a single parent home or even relate to losing someone who is the, the, the main guardian. Um, I, I decided, I decided Joyce to turn my life around, um, on, on her, what would be her deathbed. She looked at me straight in the eyes. Um, she was very, very weak. She was very, very frail, um, to the point where I was bathing her, um, on, on the, on the bed. And she looked at me and she said, Elliot, be somebody, you know? And Joyce, that, that, that really moved me. That really moved me. And those were, that's, that were, those were the last conversations with, with her. She, she put a charge to me that she wanted me to be somebody. And I, I dove into the books. I started reading more books after I finished with The Alchemist, I started reading books like Think and Grow Rich. I started reading books by Seth Godin. I was reading the 10X from Grant Cardone, um, reading books from Greg Reed, Three Feet from Gold, um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And not just reading this information, not just kind of 
I wasn't trying to break a record. Yeah. Um, I was studying literally, it. You were I, I, I was studying this material yeah. and trying to understand because one thing I would say to your audience, and I know this your, your, your show when your ethos is about wellness, one of the things I find that's so therapeutic about reading is, especially if you've read a book the first time, when you read it again, you find a nugget in that book mm-hmm. that you hadn't seen on the first pass or the second pass, or maybe even the third pass. Um, so I always encourage persons to to actually read to understand the chapters. If you can't if you can't rehearse something that you've um, read, then you you don't really understand it. If you can't apply it, you don't really understand it. So you know what? Just in that point, I like to tell people when because I do I listen I do a lot of audible listening to the books, but you read a book the first time and it changes you. That's why when you go back and read it again, you come in with a different perspective because you're not the same as you were the first time. So there's this layers of learning that's interaction with the book, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and it's how you said it. When you said layers, that's the key term for me because I treated the book like an onion. And every time I read it, I would just peel off a layer off of that onion and, and it, eventually you get to the core of what the author maybe were trying to share with you. And, and no individual experience, even um, I'd like to put that, that disclaimer out here. First of all, none of this information that I share is my information. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the point, in answer to your question, the point that I'm at now, I've done over 3,000 interviews, um, whether that's with celebrities or laypersons, persons that paint gardeners, persons that work in ministry, persons that teach, um, police officers, firefighters, and that gives you a wealth of information. And I think um, what I've been able to do is to distill that information and to pass that on to people and help them. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I got into public speaking um, by first of all learning the material and then applying the material, and that attracted the right people into my life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I'll tell you a little bit more about some of the persons that I've attracted. Um, obviously attracted um, yourself into my life, which is, is really an honor to be um, in your good, good company. Um, some of the other persons in your group on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, guys, if you're not following Joyce and you're watching on my channel, make sure you go ahead and you follow Joyce on, on her channel. Thanks, Elliot. Yeah. Um, I know that it's one thing to grab all this content, this information and distill it into something, but doing the next step, which is, you know, what you've done to be able to actually produce books, you know, write the books and, and to systematically apply that work ethic and, you know, take all that information, you know, that's another whole skill set. It, cer- it certainly is. Uh, yeah. And Joyce, I'll allude, and a lot, of the, a lot of the things I say alludes to what my mom taught me. She was my main teacher and my main mentor for so many years. And we're going to talk about the importance of having great mentors, um, yeah. something that we offer as a service. Um, but she always told me, and I know, do you like seafood, Joyce? Yes. Yeah, well, she, my mom was a seafood lover. And so I ended up inheriting seafood, a love for seafood. And what we learn is when you eat a fish, you eat the meat and you spit out the bones. Yeah. So if, if you're listening to Gary V and Gary V curses too much, that may not be your cup of tea. If you're listening to Elliot and Elliot says something that doesn't apply in your particular region or where you're at, at your, in your life, then you may have to disregard that 
particular portion. And likewise for Joyce, I guess you get my point, but what I'm saying is we can learn from kids. I know you've worked with kids as well, Joyce. We can learn from kids. We can learn from so many different fields. You had Sarah Ward on your show with the, um, the hydroponics farm, and she laid out a very, very important principle. She, talk, she spoke about fast growing her crop, so the ability to actually fast track her crop. Yeah. So you need to put, we advise, and this is what a mentor does. A mentor actually allows you to, to immerse yourself in a fast track. You know, and there are different um, authors. Uh, there's Keith Ferrazzi who speaks about, you know, fast, the fast lane, um, you know. And it's not just about millionaire. You know, I know Instagram. I know social media. I know Facebook. I know all these things, all these platforms. They push the Mercedes. They push the Ferrari, the luxury trip to Dubai. Yes, there's a place for all those things. There's a place for money as well because, you know, Joyce Electricity would not be on if she didn't pay her bill. So there's a place for all of these things. But the ultimate satisfaction that I get and I think that Joyce gets is when we're able to pour value into the persons, our audience, our listeners, our viewers, um, someone that we meet on the street. Um, So that's what's important. You want to take the meat from what I'm saying and if it applies to you, you digest that. And the beauty of this technology is you don't have to listen to Elliot once. You don't have to listen to Joyce once. You don't have to listen to Gary V once. You can find a particular message and you want to, you know, play that over and over and over and over. And Brian Tracy speaks about that a lot as well, um, playing the information over and over. Thank you for that, Joyce. So, yeah, so I guess I, if I'm getting it right, then finding somebody who you resonate with and then modeling after them and um, establishing a relationship with a mentor. I can, I always do better to have a coach or a mentor, somebody I can ask for help who has an exchange of the heart with me as well, who has some kind of caring um, and continuous relationship that seems to do something special for me. I don't always have the full confidence in myself, but other people can see it. And yeah. I respect them so much. I, I'll believe them if they tell me it's, I'm good at that. Now I just take it as faith. Um, and that perhaps it's something in my old tapes or my old memories from childhood that made me believe that I couldn't when in fact I can, I just need to, to do it. You know, and practice. From what I understand of your personality, which is so glowing, is that you're a nurturer, Joyce. And I'm sure anyone that gets in contact with you, they feel that natural magnetism. That's that's just you. It's yeah. not pretend, it's not is not on Monday or on Tuesday, ends at five PM. You are consistently a nurturer. So I think that's where your audience finds value with you. Oh, thanks. Thanks for noticing that. I I, I do love people and I really love I, I like to meet somebody and get to know them, get to, you know, get to dig deeper. That's why when I um, started asking you questions, I wanted to know how did you get here and, and uh, uh, what made you Elliot and with all these, the different character traits and belief systems and work ethic and all that. Certainly. If I may add, we always encourage in our seminars that an audience, if you, hopefully you guys, I know you're familiar with Joyce, but my style is I like to encourage you to take notes as well. That allows you to get a little bit more engaged. Um, if you're watching again, you want to click share depending on which platform you're on. Um, but yeah, what I'm saying to you is 
you want to align yourself with three people. That's three people. And these three people, this is just a representative or symbolic number. It doesn't have to be one, two, three. I know you get me, right? You want to align yourself with someone that is at a higher level than yourself. You want to align yourself with someone that is on par with yourself. And then you want to align yourself with someone that you maybe can pull up. So as you get information from the person that's higher than you, you want to start sharing that information with the person that is on your lateral. And then you want to start pouring that information into the person that you're pulling up. Um, So what this does is this gives you a 360. It gives you a real full, robust dimension. You don't want to be one dimensional. Um, And again, those, those three persons were just symbolic. And I'm sure your audience is very enlightened. You're going to take the message from that. Um, but what's so important is don't become an empire builder. The, the, it's the worst thing you can do. Don't hoard the information. Um, it's, it's like money. It's currency. This information should flow through you. Number one, you don't own the information. The person who you got it from, they don't own the information. Yeah. You know, this information is just timeless principles, timeless concepts, and, and I find that, you know what we find, Joyce? The, the, the most important fundamentals are very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Now, we have, some, we have some thought leaders that make them very complicated. Yeah, but, yeah but, but that's true. But the really, really great ones, the really, really great ones, they take complex subjects and they put them down on the cookie jar level. Yeah. You know, they take the cookies off the high shelf and they, they put them down on the low shelf. And that's, that's what we're supposed to do as communicators, not take simple subjects and make them complex. We're supposed to take complex matters and make them very, very simple. If, even if you're, I mean, we have a lot of persons who may be crafting a pitch for a presentation. Um, if, if you're looking at creating um, an, a business plan, you're gonna send your message to an investor, Make your message as crystal clear as possible. You don't need to use, my mom used to say, highfalutin words. Okay? <laughs> you know, this, this is not a test of vocabulary. This is an, an opportunity for you to craft a message that is very, very easy to get across to a six-year-old. Yeah. Your numbers need to be very, very clear. Your cash flow forecast and your budgeting needs to be very, very clear. What do you expect to be your, the return on investment? Who are the persons that are involved? What is the experience that you're bringing to the table? What are you passionate about? Why you? Why should someone invest in you? What have you invested in yourself? These are the questions that you want to be answering and you want to be articulating to a potential investor. I hope that helps someone out there. Yeah, that was very well said. I loved the, the three person. I had never heard it said just the way you said it. And um, and I think I naturally do that because I I like to always learn from, although it can be intimidating to put yourself in the presence of somebody smarter, but I like to go there. Um, I like to, to interview people, a lot of people who are in the same level as I am. And then I just started a program, Coach to Coach. Not, to, not that I have all the highest level of coaching ability to teach anybody, but there are a lot of people who are just beginning the 10-year battle I just went through, you know, of learning and the mistakes I made who I could help. Definitely. So, yeah, Definitely. so I think that's really, and that's how I learned to be able to take it in and then teach it helps me yeah. solidify the learning. 
Yeah. What what I you ask, and I always like to come back to the questions that you ask, so that you get the full answer. You ask how I got um, to the point that I'm at now. Yeah. What I learned from some of the books that I've read is that the author who who you're reading, he's not sat there with you. He has no idea what level, what stage you're at. Yeah. So writing, um, I'm flipping this now. Being the writer, mm-hmm. you as the author, you then now, you start to consider everybody. You start to consider learning styles. Mm-hmm. There are, we have people that are VAC, you know, people that are visual, mm-hmm. uh, people that may want to see closed caption on, on the screen to better resonate or understand or vibrate with me and you, Joyce. There are persons that maybe just want to listen. They're more auditory. Mm-hmm. So they may be on their car. Someone may be brushing their teeth right now. Someone may be in the bathroom indisposed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of my best times, my best moments, which is, I love your show because it's so real. Some of our best moments, if you're not having good moments while you're indisposed, you're missing a trick. <laughs> you're, you're really missing a trick. Um, there are three important times when you can get really, really good inspiration. That's early hours of the morning, right after you wake up, yeah. Right before you go to bed and when you're indisposed. Now, someone on this talk, someone on the, the feed is going to say, oh, he's being gross. No, I'm being very, very, very real. And for the persons who get this message, they really know. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that time. Yeah. So, yeah, th- those are very, very key moments. You you want to use those times. Um, um, Tony Robbins, he calls it. Uh, how does he, he, he it's, it's like me time. He calls it me time. Yeah. yeah? So yeah. You, you're having me time. It's not just a number one and number two or number three or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it is your time. Yeah. That's time for you to reflect. If it's early hours of the morning, what do Elliot, what do I have to do today? What is the most important task that I have to do today? Then we bring in the 80, 20, you know, if I want to get these 20% of things done, what would they, what would the 20, 20% be? So, you know, we start asking really, really tough questions. Knowing what I know, knowing what I know now, knowing what I did yesterday, what I, what could I do differently today? Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of different uh, things that we can ask ourselves and questions. Um, that's the next thing we talk about in our, in our sessions, the importance of questions. Questions are very, very important. And, and that's why we have this process. Thank you, Joyce. Yeah. Now I, I don't want to run out of time. I know you mentioned talking about attraction, like how things, one of the things I've been working on and learning, looking back at my childhood and how I grew up um, is, is elevating my frequency, so to speak. So somehow really just being able to see things I can't see if my eyes are down, if I'm not seeing the best in myself, so what kinds of things do you teach to help people raise their frequency? I don't know how else to I'm, re- I'm really glad you asked that question because this is a really, really key part of our seminar. Now, most of the persons on this show are very aware that the average person relies very heavily on visual, what they can see. Okay. Attraction operates in a very, very vast spectrum. And as you learn more and more about that spectrum, you start to move away from the things that you see with your outer eye and you start to 
focus more on the things that you start to see with your inner eye. Now you say, Elliot, you're talking some esoteric nonsense. Let me break it down to you. You have other senses, first of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You have your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. You meet someone in a bar, at a church, at a convention, and you know right away, I like this guy. I like this lady. That's a nice guy. That's a nice lady. Mm-hmm. You meet some other people. Mm. Don't really, it's, it's something about that guy. Yeah. It's something about that lady. So you have some, you have some built in experiences that you need to start becoming aware. And then the, Bob Proctor talks about awareness a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it has to do with being aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It also, when I say aware, you say, what do you mean by aware? You can be somewhere and not know that you're in the right place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat that twice. Mm-hmm. You can be somewhere and not be aware that you're in the right place. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to really be aware. And, and, and then it's intentionality. Your senses of understanding what's going on always has a correlation or a direct relationship with your intentionality. So I intentionally came on this podcast because I knew that I could get value from your audience and add value to your, to your audience. When you go to a seminar, you're being intentional. When you repeat your affirmations, you're being intentional. When you're listening to your audiobook, you're being intentional. So put yourself in a place whereby everything that you do benefits you and allows you to pour into others. Okay. I think sometimes it's, a challenge for people to see themselves and see the way, for example, I had a a client who who works with patients, works with people, and was trying to shift more into um, energy healing in that realm. And she was just very dour and um, angry all the time. And I was like, "I, I, I don't does she not see that no one's going to come to her with that? You know, she's just reeking of this negative energy. Um, And over time it's improved and improved and improved. And I'm like, I I say to her, you're not even the same person anymore because in the beginning you were just so angry and into yourself and not, not seeing how you affected others. So I guess you have to be able to, to see how things bounce off of you too. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you're absolutely right. I'll say two things on that as well. We have, I have persons come up to me in the seminar. I had a lady come up to me. She's like, oh, Elliot, I don't know what I'm going to do about my son. Um, he has such a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. And I pause for a minute, and I'm listening to her motivation, um, the frequency that she's on. You spoke about energy. Yeah. I'm listening to the frequency she's on, and then I'm, I'm relating. I'm saying, yes, yeah, probably because he picked it up from you. What the audience will appreciate is that energy is contagious and it's infectious. Yes. Yeah. If you're the leader in your operation and you're sending off a nonchalant, no extra mile, very matter of fact, yes, no, I can do it, you know, very clean cut in your approach, your team are going to take on that same pattern. But if you're jovial, if you consistently come in early, you stay late when, when you can, um, you're organizing tasks, always looking to, you know, review processes, plan, do, review, yeah, making things better. Then your team are going to pick those, those habits up as well. Your team are going to, you know, add 
extra value to your customers. Um, they're going to pick up the phone on the third ring. They're going to say thank you. They're going to do the guest recognition by name. They're going to fill in the loyalty card. You know, it becomes very practical. It's not, it's not theoretical at that point. I think it's, um, so as a nurse and somebody who studies, I've studied biopsychology, and I'm actually going to interview a doctor tomorrow on this very subject of when you're able to access that energy or change the, the energy you're sending out, you're really using different parts of your brain from the, from the um, amygdala, the singular gyrus, and then getting to your, your prefrontal cortex. So you're getting out of this automatic or negative, you know, kind of fight or flight thinking um, or ruminating, you know, kind of getting just stuck in a rut and really getting into the problem solving. Um, so it's one of the things I've definitely worked on. I can see if I don't show up for my clients with a smile and a warm energy, um, they kind of mirror me. So, and I knew today I was going to enjoy meeting with you because I've watched some of your interviews and I know you have the million dollar smile and you oh, have all this energy. And I was like, Oh, I can't, we're going to have two big smiles here. Thank you. One thing I don't want to, I, I don't want to leave without passing on to your teams that they should always be measuring as well, Joyce, you know, all of this, um, concepts and reading books and audio tapes and affirmations and having podcasts and interviews, you need to be able to measure your success. That's very, very crucial. Um, one of the things we were able to do for one of our companies, we were able to increase their employee satisfaction by 30%, but by a very, very simple technique. What we found in the workplace, and we know you deal with wellness as well in employee workplace, um, what, one of the things we find is that employers normally point out when employees do something wrong. Mm. So we, we, we established a system where every day the employer will identify three people doing three things right yeah. every day. Yeah. And, and what that did is that created a culture where people were now incentivized to be caught and I use the Queen's English loosely there, yeah, but to yeah. be caught doing something right, yeah. as opposed to in the past, they were always being caught doing something wrong. Um, and it, it works with children. Again, you were talking, uh, we were saying you worked with children in the past. It, it's, it, this can be worked in, um, used in your, or applied in your personal life. Yeah. If you find your kids doing something right, praise them for it. Yeah. It changes, it, it's a very, very tiny nuance but it has really, really, really measurable impact. And, and the power of that is also with self-talk. I, when I work with my clients, I tell them to catch themselves to do doing something right. Like, don't judge that number on the scale is, is your success. You know, what are the things you did well? And write them down or text me or take a picture and share it with another human because – other people probably don't care if you ate your broccoli, but I do. <laughs> yeah, we call. Yeah, you're right. We call them small wins, aren't they? Yeah. Small wins. Yeah, they're big wins. They, yeah. you know, they're small. They seem small. We have just a minute or so left. I know this went so fast, um, and maybe we'll get to chat again like this because it's really fun to learn from you. Is there anything you want to add to the episode today before we go? Certainly. I would, I, would, I would just reiterate that your mental health is the foundation for any and everything that you want to accomplish um, as far as taking yourself to the next level. And if you're not um, focusing on maintaining that health, you're going to find that you're building a castle on sand. Um, so it's very, very important, whether that's 
taking the me time, going to the spa, um, making that call to the loved one who you haven't made the, the call to, um, go into the church service, um, forgiving yourself. Yeah, very, very important. Um, all of these things, are, the, the whole thing is mental health is the foundation. Your, your health is definitely your wealth. That's beautifully said. I think, again, I agree. It starts with your mindset and what's, you know, how things are. Feed yourself the fuel that you need to, uh, because your brain is part of your body. (laughs) And get sleep. Sleep is good uh, to help uh, heal your brain and give you all all the foundation you need to then read the books and do all the techniques that you have in your seminars that all the ways you can make us healthy, wealthy, and wise. Certainly. Yeah. If you haven't already, make sure you get, um, if you want to get a hold of us, it's E Platinum Kelly on Facebook. Add us on LinkedIn. It's Elliot Kelly. Um, we're running a, an extended Cyber Week sale at the moment. The book is actually $10. That's 10 US dollars. That's the eye of the needle, the cost yeah. of success. Eye of the needle, cost of success. I will put that in the show notes as well. And, um, And the best place you said to reach you is on Facebook and LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. As we like to give away as well, Joyce, could you identify three persons randomly on your timeline and we'll send out three books for free. Oh, that's great. I'll do that. That's great. Elliot, I'm so happy I had a chance to talk with you like this and I hope you'll come back sometime and do it again with me. Certainly. Thank you. Never lose your passion. I love it. Never lose my passion.